everybody. You're listening to the Church Theology Podcast, a podcast on the church for the church. My name is Kirk Miller, here with Dan Allen and Nick Matula. Still here. All right. We're on, like, this is still your probationary period. Yeah. I think. yeah. Like he said, still here, yeah. like I didn't get kicked off. Yeah. Um, I was, don't worry about it. I was in probation for quite a while when yeah. you first started. Kirk will. Eventually he waves that. <laughs> Dan, you're not waved. What are you that, talking about? That's true. I've heard it happen. It's for others. Yeah, it happens that's for right. others. Some people just enter on without being on probation. Um, all right. So with that, we are in our series on how to read the Bible. We talked in the last episode about the faithful path of interpretation as well as some of the pitfalls when we don't follow mm-hmm. that faithful path. Yeah. And now, um, what are we talking about today? Yeah, so we definitely want to like give tools to stay on that path. So this one is a little bit different. We're not actually getting on the path yet. This is more about a conviction of the heart. So how we enter into the path. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that there all all these principles or the tools for how to read the Bible have a picture with them. Uh, I'll explain the picture if you go on the your blog. Yep, you can see the picture or the show notes. I'll have a link, but we'll okay. keep all all these pictures will be there, so you can yeah. check it out on my website. So the picture has first on the top it has a picture of the Bible, the text, uh, and then under it it has the words under, uh, both in in all caps, and then there's another word. And then the word under in all caps again, right? So it's going to go under a word and then under. The middle word, so sort of like a sandwich, is the word stand. So again, if you can picture it, first it's the Bible on the top and then under, stand, under. Hmm. So the way I would frame it is this. we When we come to the Bible, we not only want to understand the text, but we want to first stand under the text. Yeah. So this is really getting at a conviction uh, of placing your heart under the scriptures. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. I've heard people like talk about it. Like we not only want to come to the text to scrutinize the text, you might say, to like yeah. dissect it and let, and like we're doing an examining work on it. Yeah. But also to allow this is where scripture is different mm-hmm. than other other works, like it uniquely being God's word in contrast to any other book. Um, it has that unique about it yeah. is to say like, not only are we coming to scripture to examine it, but it's coming to yeah, examine right. us. It's that's coming right. to scrutinize us. That's right. Um, and to do a transforming work on us. That's right. And so we want to make sure our heart is coming with that posture yeah. to, to, to be put on the table and be examined right. by the scriptures. To, right. to merely approach the Bible as something to simply understand yeah. is actually to subvert its very purpose. That's right. It's That's actually right. it's actually a great evil. It's yeah. it's not just a neutral activity to read the Bible. That's right. Um, to okay. do that is to actually because you're actually hijacking what it's intended yeah. for. It's not merely intended for someone to pick up and read and just kind of be like, oh, that's interesting. It has actually God designed aims yeah. behind it yeah. that we don't have the authority to ignore. Yeah. Um, and so it's a very serious thing to make right. sure that as in, I mean, other books obviously have aims. Like a cookbook wants to help you cook well, right? And there's other books that probably strive to make moral improvement in someone's life, like a self-help book. Mm-hmm. But the Bible is beyond that. Not only does it have aims, it also comes back to the very authority of God, where God, the sovereign Lord of the universe, is summoning us summoning us to actually respond properly. Yeah. And so we don't have an option um, before him in his court as the supreme judge to ignore what he says. Yeah. And therefore, we have to approach the scripture differently in that way. Mm-hmm. That's right. And to go back just with the idea of like, the, like there's a, the ability to say what the scripture says 
right. and just not actually know the Lord. I mean, right. we can see that in Scripture, right? The demons believe That's in Shudder. Right. That's James. right, from James. Uh, you have the devil quotes Scripture to Jesus, yeah. right? You have the Pharisees, who Jesus is always correcting. Yeah. They know the Scriptures yeah. in some measure. Nicodemus. Just their heart yeah. has not been exposed to it. Right. Um, or you can think of like, you know, just a, a everyday illustration of like uh, sports. So uh, like last last time you used a baseball illustration. Let's use a, a, a field goal kicker. Okay. Right. For football. Um, yeah. What, what do you think um, is more important? It's the end of the, it's the end of the game. Kitty makes this field goal, 45 yarder. They win the game. He misses it. They lose. They're down by one or whatever. Is it his skill level or is is his mental capacity in the game to how he approaches the kick? What do, what do you think is more important or percentage-wise? Um, I mean, obviously, you got to have skills. If yeah. you don't have skill, yeah, you're, definitely gonna, you're not going to make that's right. it, right? That's right. But once you have the skill in place and it's, a na- it's sort of a natural thing you're doing, at that mm-hmm. point, most of it is in your head. That's right. Because um, if so, you get the yips, you're, it doesn't matter how much skill you have. Yeah. Or even like think about you're like, not gonna, you're gonna who, what's that. her name? Biles, Simone Biles in the Olympics. Right, right, right. Like she got the twisties or I don't really yeah. know what that is, but it sounds like it's almost like this thing where you get, you just like gets, it messes with your head yeah. and you can't like keep yourself straight when you're spinning in the air. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I couldn't even do one backflip. So who yeah. am I to talk? Well, yeah, but, for sure. But the idea of like that, the mental game. Yeah. yeah. She's already made the team. She passed, she passed the physical test. Yeah. But it's the, you know, I guess. Coming down to it, like you said, the, right. men, the mental game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so I, that illustration just helps us see both of them matter, right? We do want to understand. We want to understand what the text says. Like, that's very important. And we're going to spend a lot of time on that. But we also want to come with a heart that is willing to be exposed. Yeah. We're putting our heart underneath. I think that of uh, just as much. One of the things that I, there's our, I've mentioned this book before, but Athanasius. Huh? Nothing. But Athanasius is on the incarnation. Yeah. Um, this it's a early Athanasius is an early church leader uh, wrote this book on why Jesus why God the Son became man, um, but at the end in the very end of the book he talks about um, how virtue Christian character is actually a needful skill in interpreting the Bible rightly, which I think mm-hmm. goes very much against um, kind of the the way we're shaped as a culture we're very much influenced by the Enlightenment where we think we're, we almost like treat ourselves like brains on a stick that just kind of like mm-hmm. approach the text just like we can just merely approach it and kind of like using our reason. We yeah, can just yeah. naturally, we can just understand the Bible just using reason, like anyone can pick it up. But he wants to say like kind of in that form much more in a classical understanding of like how to read scripture would be to say like, no, your virtue actually impacts mm-hmm. how you read scripture because it's yeah. it's actually a spiritual activity. Mm-hmm. Um, your own submission to scripture impacts how you read it. Um, as, as someone who is living out some of the virtues that are displayed in the text, mm-hmm. someone who mm-hmm. actually embodies the faith called for by the text, you're going yeah. to be more apt to understand it rightly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not mm-hmm. just a mental activity. In other words, I think that's a helpful. Yeah. I really, yeah, I, I, if I wish I could cite that quote right now. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's good. So for this one, then, um, we just want to talk through uh, two questions. Uh, what is the Bible? What is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, what What is this book that we're coming to try to interpret right? Rightly? Yeah. Um, and then what does the Bible promise to be for us or to do for us? So what is it and what does the Bible promise that it can do? So I just want to walk, we'll walk through some passages and talk about those uh, and hopefully have our hearts warmed 
uh, to place herself under the scripture, to stand under the scripture. So uh, we'll split these up. So if, Kirk, if you want to do the second Timothy three, you can do the first or second Peter uh, one. Um, and then I'll do first uh, Thessalonians two. Actually, maybe I'll start with that one because that one doesn't actually. Um, that's a little bit different. OK. You want to read that one first? The first Thessalonians. No, actually, go ahead. Since you okay. already got that going. Yeah. Sorry. So, Second Timothy three fourteen through seventeen. It says this. It says, "But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God." And profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So Paul here is instructing Timothy, you know, continue in what you've believed from even your early childhood. Calls it the sacred writings. These are they're not just mere writings, but they're yeah. sacred writings. Um, they're, 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 there's something unique about them. Um, they are able to. Uh, acquaint us with salvation to make mm-hmm. us wise unto mm-hmm. to salvation through faith in Christ, so specifically even faith in Christ. That message is clear in Scripture. The Probably the most important thing to know for our purpose here, though, is that he says all Scripture is breathed out by God. Right, it's right. like the idea of the breath of God, which, yeah. of, course, of course, the idea of something being the breath of God is to say that it originates with God. It's yeah. his word. Um, it's, it's his spoken content, and it serves to build us up in a variety of ways. Yeah, that's right. So we're dealing with the very word of God, in other words, yeah. is what Paul is saying. Yeah, I know. Uh, I got this from, from Mike Bulmore from Crossway Bristol. He might—I don't know if he got it from someone, but he—I've heard him say, like, hold up the Bible, and, and then kind of turn it facing outwards towards the audience, and be like, "You, you should hear this as almost like God's voice and face is right behind the Bible, breathing on you." Yeah, like that's when you pick up the Scripture; it is, it is God's very word. Uh, we'll we'll kind of reflect on that a little bit but let's go to the next passage second peter 1 19 through 21 uh, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts knowing this first of all that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man but men spoke from god as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Kind of uh, a passage that's um, talking on to this issue of how like uh, God spoke his words through human author- authors, mm-hmm. um, using their personalities, their yeah. specific vocabulary mm-hmm. to communicate exactly uh, the words that God intended to that's communicate. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. You get both that it's 100%, kind of like you might think, I know people have used this as an analogy, as Jesus was, truly God and truly man. So scripture is truly the words of humans who wrote it. God used mm-hmm, to write it. And mm-hmm. yet at the same time, this language of uh, yeah. being carried along by the the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is the language that theologians sometimes use is superintending. So overseeing the process that even though as it's the, legitimately the human author's writing, it nonetheless is the very word of God. It comes out as exactly as God intended. So this would be like, a. it sometimes can be helpful to contrast the Christian view from like the Muslim view, for example, Mm -hmm. where they would see like Muhammad was, could kind of be, although obviously he's seen very highly in their, in their theological view and such, 
hypothetically, he could have been swapped out for anybody. Um, it wasn't the Quran isn't his words. He's just a carrier of the words. It's more of a dictation idea, like mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. dictated the words of the Quran to Muhammad, and Muhammad simply wrote them down. So the words of the Quran are not Muhammad's words. In the mm-hmm. Christian view, we would actually we can actually say things like Paul wrote this and Peter wrote this. Right, right. It's very much human words, but such that it also is God's word. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good. All right, let's do uh, First Thessalonians two thirteen. Here Paul says, we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. Hmm. So there you just have that contrast of Paul saying, like, you, it, it's not the word of men, and that's not the way you received it. You received it as the very word of God. And he says, what it really is, yeah, the word of God. Uh, so it, we've already kind of made that point. Right. Uh, that is breathed by God. Um, but it's a nice passage for that. And then one more, uh, Hebrews 4, uh, verse 12. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of spirit and joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now this passage is, uh, is actually a warning passage, warning of judgment, uh, but he's calling up that the word of God is not like just something on the shelf. It's not some static thing. That's right. Yeah. But it's but it even works. Yeah. Right. Even this passage, because he's like, this is a passage where he's like quoting some Psalms, I believe, right? Um, the, talking about yeah. the entering into yeah. the rest. Yeah. And he, it's like he's saying it's that word even spoken then s- right. is still active today. That's right. Yeah. Or like Paul in, at the end of Romans. Um, yeah. talks about like being like the word is even the things written in the past were given for right. know, encouragement um, yeah. or in Corinthians he talks about that yeah. as well like things given written as an example that's right yeah which 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 we'll get to next year oh, but that very that? passage what you're saying in verse 7 of chapter 3 today as the Holy Spirit says and then he quotes from hundreds of years before yeah like He's the Holy Spirit is speaking today through that passage. Yeah. And just That's like the, the Thessalonians yep. passage you read, he talks yep. about how the word is at work among right. you, the That's believers. Right. Yep. Or in the for the second Timothy passage, it's able, it's profitable to build you up. Like scripture yep. is God's word and it's given four particular aims to make yep. us wise for salvation and then to to sort of build in that saving work right. into our lives as we're transformed by the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, we could go more places. It's just a couple quick data points in terms of what is the Bible? What is the scriptures? Yep. Um, why do you think or how do you think that this idea or this reality, knowing this reality, it can actually be helpful as we come to the Bible? How does it help us? Yeah, I think that a, a big tendency is for us to think that maybe the scriptures don't apply to us today. Or that they were written for uh, an ancient culture that uh, really has nothing to do with how we go about our business uh, today. Um, and so these these passages help remind us that, um, yes, there was indeed like an original audience, but um, in the grand like redemptive, redemptive history, God also has um, um, given us these scriptures so that we can understand um, his overall redemptive story mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. about his character as well. Yeah. 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 So some people have said like, although not every part of scripture was written to us, it's nonetheless written for right, us. Right. Yep. You know, like kind of what is meant by that is essentially like, we're not the original audience, but we are nonetheless in view in terms of God, God's grand purposes for yeah. Right. We're not himself. just standing outside of like the arena of this. Text we're not observers. We're not yeah. spectators. We've actually been brought into the mm-hmm. story. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, that's good. Any, anything else? And the fact that with that would be like the fact that there's a divine author behind all of scripture means that even though, you know, like we have different authors, we have Luke who writes, Paul who writes, Moses who writes, David who writes, like nonetheless, there is a unified, even though there's a diversity of authors mm-hmm. and diversity of times and settings yeah. and genres, there's also a unity behind it all that makes it all hold, mm-hmm. hold together, mm-hmm. one unified purpose. Yeah, yeah. So that's important too. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think how it helps us as we read is just to simply go, these are true. Like, they're true words. Trust God is God, and he's holy, and uh, he does not lie, um, and he's eternal, and he has all knowledge, then then what is written in the scriptures must be right Mm -hmm. and true. That's true reality as, as God has spoken it. Regardless of what my experience is, or regardless of what some other teacher says, or somebody on the television says, like, this is true and this is right. What yep. God declares is good for us is good for us. Yeah. It actually makes reading the Bible easier, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. yeah. We don't have to agree. Just pick through and try to find the things that are correct and oh, the things right. that are not yeah. correct. Yeah. It's like it's when we watch uh, uh, the news today, we have to kind of sort through what they're saying and try to figure out what they're saying. Which which of these things is correct? Which things are they, may, are they maybe exaggerating? Uh, when we approach the text of, uh, of Scripture, we know that it's all true and we can mm. kind of put ourselves under that and... Yeah, that's a good point. Like it can be yeah. exhausting in a world where like you pick up a book, even a Christian book that you you're, you you generally trust the author. You nonetheless have to read critically. Like, do I actually yeah. believe all this? With scripture, you can put those guards down. Obviously, right. you still got to have your guards up to, to make sure you're not your guards up. You got to have your critical thinking, you know, cap yeah. on, so to say, to make yeah. sure you're you could be reading an incorrect. You could be kind of coming in with an incorrect interpretation that you've right. heard. So it's not to say that you just go in blindly, but. If you're understanding scripture rightly, like you, you take it at face value. You don't have to mm-hmm. be, it's not, mm-hmm. a, it's not an, that can be an exhausting exercise mm-hmm. to always have to be discerning yeah. um, about what messages you're hearing and you can let that down. So there's the, yeah. there's the trustworthiness yeah. of scripture, the reliability of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, with that also being God's word, not only is it true, but it's also authoritative, which we've yeah. talked about already. Like yeah. it comes to us, it calls forth from us faith. Yeah. It says you ought to believe these things. You ought to obey these things. Sorry. So it call like I, I like how we say it in our statement of faith, like to be believed in all that it I'm not gonna get this exactly right, but essentially like believed in all that it teaches, obeyed in all that it commands, yeah. hoped for in all that it promises, things yeah. like that. Yeah. And so again, why we want to say we not only want to understand what the text says, but stand under that. Yeah. Because we bring our own opinions to mm-hmm. where the world should be, or what's right for us, what's good for us, what what and usually that's our own feeling. Or what our friends say, like so. We want our understanding of the text to then come under that. Yeah, and sometimes it's not even things that we consciously know are our opinions. It's just like yeah. assumptions that we're bringing yeah. in the text. Or like, let's take something with like, uh, say, some some sexuality that you want to practice outside of the way that scripture like says is good for us. Yeah, you can understand what the text says about sexuality and just yeah. say, "Well, I'm not going to stand under." I don't that. want to do that. Yeah, and, but if it's actually God's words. And he's the eternal God who is all wise and good and knows mm-hmm. what's good for us. Then we want to come to the text with saying, my opinion on matters is secondary. It's taking mm-hmm. this, it's going in the back seat. Or uh, I, I like the illustration. We were at a conference. Who was, uh, who, I forget who that guy was. He was from England um, and around the word or uh, word partners. J- Jack. Uh, yeah. I uh, can't remember his name. Anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Jack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
he asked the question, is the Bible in the driver's seat uh, of your heart? So versus like the, the, the Bible's in the passenger seat or is it in the back seat or is it even in the trunk? David Jackman. David, there you go. I knew I had a, yeah, I knew I had a nice. book by him, right, so yeah. I looked it up. I, I just thought the illustration was really good. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So that's, again, this is brief. Uh, what is the scripture? What is the, the scripture? What is the Bible? Uh, let's ask that second question. What does the Bible promise to do for the people of God or those who would read it? Like almost like what does the Bible say about itself? That's right. That's right. So uh, you see some passages there. You can, uh, Kirk, maybe you can do the 119 and... Uh, Nick, you can do the 19. Um, I'll, as you guys um, turn there, I'll remind us of that First Thessalonians passage where Paul says um, that the Word of God is at work in you believers. I like that statement because he says that the Word of God, it goes to work. It's almost as if you've, you've t- in, you know, eaten something or like you're on a long run or something and you take one of those gel packets that you eat and then it gives you energy. That goes in your body and it starts to go to work on you. Yeah. Right? The Paul gives, he says the scriptures, as you take them in, they go to work, but they don't go to work on everyone. The text specifically says, mm. in you believers, yeah. that God's people, as they take in God's word, it will do something in them. And so these passages then we'll look at, we're, we're asking the question, what is the scripture promise that it will do in the hearts, in the lives of God's people? Yeah, because that's that's actually, to just clarify what you're saying, like I think of that passage in, uh, I believe it's, is it First Corinthians or Second Corinthians? Where he talks about like the aroma of of Christ, like it's yeah, actually right, an aroma right. yeah. of death to unbelievers, right? Yeah, because we're dealing with um, the this is not serious. This is not like a textbook where you're simply trying to understand information, but yeah. because we're dealing with a book that God God is actually calling forth obedience, He's calling forth belief. Yeah, um, it actually takes a moral quality to read the book rightly yeah. and understand it yeah. properly. Um, and so, like to be an unbeliever, your mind being darkened to these things, you're going to read scripture and you're going to push against it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. it's going to have, for a believer, we have the unique privilege of, by God's grace, of Scripture actually working on our hearts properly, yeah. not being hardened yeah. by it. That's right. That's right. Um, first text is Psalm 19, 7-10. Uh, before I read this, just for our listeners, uh, in classic poetry fashion, we're going to read here a statement about um, uh, the, the Word of the Lord, and then it's going to give us another line that says how it kind of... Um, applies to um, the believer. So uh, Psalm 19, 7 through 10. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even, even even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. All right. Yeah. So these these are like these aren't uh, trick questions. These are sort of obvious. But what what in the passage was promised that the word of the Lord will do for us? Uh, reviving the soul, making wise the simple, uh, rejoicing of the heart. Yeah. And enlightening the eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So four things that it, it pro- this the scripture promises about itself. Yeah. Now, you just have to like stop and think about that and say like, oh, good night. This is, like, do you know anybody in the world that does not want their heart to rejoice? Right. Like, no, actually, <laughs> I actually don't want joy. Yeah. Or being able to see the yeah. world properly, having your eyes enlightened. Right. Having more clarity in the midst of a confusing world that we live yeah. in. Yeah. Um, 
Like we all having want that. having all wisdom, wisdom. Yeah, right. not not to not to be simple. Kind of the idea of the simple minded person, like to actually have wisdom instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we all want that, and you know, the scriptures don't promise that a good education is going to give you that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't promise that being raised in a certain family is going to do that. Or a certain culture. Or wealth. He even even says, like, this is to be more valued than gold. That's right. Yeah, good point. The the scriptures promise that the scriptures can do that for God's people. I mean, what an amazing promise. Yeah. Maybe that for the Psalm 119, just do the 104 and 105. Sure. 104. Let me turn there. Massive Psalm. Okay. 104 says, through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And this is a beautiful, especially that second one, it's yeah, a beautiful picture yeah. of like, like, if you've ever been out in the dark, it, it, growing up more in a rural area, like I used to work at a camp as well, like if it's dark, you can't see the path, right? Yeah. But now you can like pull out your phone. So it's almost like <laughs> your word is like the, is like the flashlight on my iPhone, you know, like it's the idea of like, I can, but then once you get that light, it just makes everything clear. You know where you're going. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to trip over a route. You're going to walk into uh, some poison ivy or something. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, but it's a beautiful picture of the clarity that the scripture brings. Right. Right. Um, it, yeah. And, and especially kind of like the idea, the picture of being like dark world, confusing world, scary world, but the scriptures come and gives you clarity. Yeah. Light. And then that first verse about, I get understanding night. So I hate the false ways. Like, like part of being a mature Christian, as we say yeah. in our philosophy ministry, I was even reading the other day is that we, we love the things that are good and we hate the things that are evil. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. scripture can foster that yeah. in us. It's just an amazing thing to think about. Like Christianity is a unique um, religion in the sense that it is so, I mean, there are other religions that are, that replicate, that would, I would say replicate, um, have glimmers of the, of the true religion in, in the fact that they're also word-based. Um, but scripture it, or Christianity is very much a word-based religion. Mm-hmm. Like Islam yeah. calls Christians, the people of the book, mm-hmm. um, in their, in their writings. And so like we are, because we believe that God is a personal God who even in his triune nature has personal relationships within himself and that he's communicating, he's relating outside of himself as yeah. a speaking God. Yeah. So it's a beautiful thing to think that like, just talking about like, the, I'm just thinking about how you're talking about the promises of scripture. It's like, mm-hmm. why is Christianity so focused on scripture? It's yeah. Because we have a God who has revealed, has made himself known to us. Right. And just in the peculiar nature of it, decided to do that in a book. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like yeah. put this in a recorded writing for us to have for generations. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the Romans 15, 4. That passage says, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So I actually used to title the the class called Reading for Hope, and I would take it from this passage. So there's a way of reading that, again, this is not just to understand the text, but to stand under the text, that as we do that over the course of our life, it actually produces hope in us. Now think... Paul is talking about the Old Testament here, too. So in our culture now, sometimes people think like, well, the Old Testament, you know. It's boring. Yeah. Yeah. Paul says, no, that was written for your hope. Yeah. Like it produces hope in us. Again, we just ask the question, does anybody else, does anybody not want hope? Of course not. Everybody wants hope. The scriptures promise that it can give it to to us. We already did the 2 Timothy passage, but go ahead and read that one there. Uh, yeah, Second Timothy three sixteen through seventeen. Uh, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, 
that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Yeah. So the promise is to uh, equip us and to equip us uh, a number of ways by uh, through teaching, for reproof, and for correction, and training in righteousness. Yeah. So you might be, it's teaching us what is true and right. It rebukes us or like points out where we're wrong. And then it corrects us, shows us how to get back on the right course. And in so doing, it trains us for every, every good work. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe the last one that we, we can just even just like think about is that Psalm one, uh, just cause I, again, it's just a wonderful illustration yeah, yeah. that, uh, blessed is the man who's not. And he gives three things like, uh, walking in the path of sinners, standing with scoffers or seated with scoffers, whatever it is. Uh, but then the contrast is, but he, it's, he delights in the law of the Lord, uh, day and night, or he meditates on the, he delights in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates, he meditates day and night. Right. Yeah. And he will be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither in all that he does. He prospers, but the wicked are not so yeah. they're like chaff that's driven away by the wind. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you know, I, I think that's a beautiful picture because trees are very durable. They're yeah. very strong. I could, I'll give you a really quick illustration. I know I've shared this before across way, but We've had, we've had two major accidents happen in front of our house. One was a car going 20 miles an hour that kind of spun out and hit a tel- or, uh, light, light pole. pole. Yeah. Um, and when it hit that light pole, you know, it's a, this metal box hitting a, a, me- a, a pole at 20 miles per hour. What do you think happened to that pole, Nick? Demolished. Yeah, it went straight down. I mean, just flat out down. Yeah. Are those hollow on the inside? Did you see? No, it's just kind of like crumbly rock. Oh, like they probably put like some yeah. cement in there. You know how like, yeah. Uh, yeah, we have some that are like actual metal and then we yeah. have some that are stone mm-hmm. yeah. in, in Milwaukee here. Oh. They ended up putting a metal one in there, I think. But it just like, it just knocked it right over. Totally just went right, right over. Uh, on the flip side, we had uh, in the middle of the night, we're walking to lights all over, caution tape all over. Uh, there was a high-speed chase that came from south of the city into the south side of the city where we're at and uh, going 70 miles per hour down our street. And this this guy was driving a truck, so like a smaller, I don't know. Pickup truck like, or yeah, something? Pickup truck. Um, going 70 miles per hour and hit a tree on the side of the road. And he, the, the truck split, the bed from the, the cab of the truck split. And the driver, I don't know if he went through the windshield or through the door or whatever it was, but he died uh, instantly. And what do you think happened to that tree, Nick? Um, well, it depends if it was an oak tree. If it was an oak tree, yeah, this roof's got to be pretty deep. I don't know what it was, but still to this day, I mean, this was like four, three, four years ago, there's a little bit of bark missing. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it was as if, like, what was that? Like, the bug hit me? What was that? It did nothing. It, and that's a 70-mile-per-hour truck hitting it. Uh, that's crazy. It's man. just a, a good illustration in my mind, like how God promises that's what he will make us. By his word. Yeah. I want that. And I know all of God's people want that. And so uh, that comes with not only understanding the text, but a posture of heart that says, I will stand under the text and allow God's word to nur- nurture me, nourish me, drip by drip by drip. Yeah. So why is this information helpful for our approach to reading, to reading God's word? Why is it helpful yeah. to be thinking along these lines? Yeah, I, th- I think one of the primary ones probably that I would experience or counsel people with is 
I think this can be an incredible motivator mm. to read the text. To get into the Word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, knowing not only what the Word of God is, but what it promises us to do. The, I mean, let's let's face it. There are days when we don't want to read our Bible, right? There's two approaches you can take at that point. You can say, well, i got to read the Bible because I'm supposed to read the Bible. Yeah. That's not going to be very, <laughs> very motivating. Yeah. Um, or we can say, okay, I know I don't want to read the Bible, uh, but God does promise that it will actually make me wise. And it'll make me strong. It'll give me hope, rejoice my heart. I may not understand the passage today even, but I believe over time, just like that tree, drip by drip by drip by drip, that it will it will make me stable in life. Of a crazy, chaotic world, it will actually be a light to my yeah. path. So being motivated, like sometimes it is good to just be disciplined, right. right? When you yeah. don't feel like it, like no one would fault someone who goes to the gym consistently, even on days they don't feel like That's it, right. because they value the importance of yeah. it. So there is a goodness to disciplining ourselves yeah. in reading the word, but, but also like because they kind of have a bigger vision, right? They have it, a deeper right? conviction, yeah. and yeah, so it's good right. to then say, um, rather than just being kind of an elite, legalistic task of something yeah. we just kind of ch- a box we check, but actually to be motivated by the promises of Scripture, yeah, um, to be stirred up in that way, yeah, yeah. How would reading Scripture differ from just like reading a normal book of biography or mm. um, things that might have good life lessons uh, that you might prefer to read instead of the Bible? Like, mm. what's what's our incentive to read the Bible over some of those other uh, genres of books and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I would probably just go right back to what we were at is saying um, that this claims to be the very words of God, not the words of men. And so we can trust that when it promises that it can do this for us, it actually will. Um, so, like, if I'm reading a book, like, so say on leadership or something, I'm basically going to, I'm going to be the judge of it, sort mm-hmm. of, right? What What is going to help me? Yeah, I'm going to try to understand it. That's right. But I'm not going to put myself uh, standing under it, that's so right. to say. Yeah, and what doesn't work, I toss, right? Like, right. Oh, I might try that, but I, I toss yeah. it. You stand over it in that yeah. sense. Like, there's there's probably a sense in which we stand under books where we say we respect the that's author right. and we, but but we also are standing over it to kind yep. of critique yeah, it and say, you spit yeah. out, you chew that's the meat, right. spit out the bones kind of thing. Yeah. With scripture, it's different. It's not only, so we enter it with the sense of trustworthiness, that it's all true, but there's also a priority we give to it. Um, yeah. But who is that? I think Spurgeon who says like visit many books but live in the Bible. Um, like we, mm-hmm. there's a priority that we give to Scripture because it is God's word uniquely that nothing nothing else is. And it yeah. applies to all all the parts of Scripture. It's not like a textbook, That's yeah, right. uh, where we yeah. might just pick a certain chapter that applies to us in a certain situation. Yeah, but all, all scripture. scripture is God breathed yeah. and profitable. That's right, the other thing right. too. It's That's not right. just some parts of Scripture are profitable for us, but all of it is profitable yeah. for us. Yeah, That's good. So what does it look like then to be bringing this sort of posture to God's word of standing mm-hmm. under it? What does that look like practically, Dan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that can that can be the idea of just, you know, sometimes it's verbally like stating that like, Lord, I, I come not with telling you what I like, how you're supposed to be or what opinions I can keep and which ones. Like I, I, I'm not coming here to pick and choose, and um, I. So I, I think it's more it's, it's this internal dialogue almost, like just coming, coming, Lord, enlighten my eyes. Uh, the, from the psalmist, right, Psalm 119, enlighten my eyes towards your law, not the dishonest gain. Lord, help me. So I, I, I do think there's a clear confession that has to happen. Like we want to recognize where we do go astray, like we all do, mm-hmm. and say, Lord. 
I know your word is right. I know your opinion is right. I know what you say is good. And yet I constantly want to do my own thing. God help me to come under your word. I, I want that. Yeah. Uh, I think as well, like, um, one of the things you had in your notes that I think is helpful is understanding that we bring our own frameworks. We bring yeah, our own yeah. assumptions and things that we may yeah. not even be aware Just, of. Yeah. I think especially like in our day and age, like the, the, the way that we're shaped by social media and right, we're shaped right. by news outlets and we're shaped by like all the messaging. Like it just feels more potent nowadays where we're all kind of getting in our own tribes and we just, just to be aware of like all the different influences that are going on in our life that yeah. we may just assume are good and we may assume are true, but to kind of submit those under scripture yeah. and let, yeah. let all, try to like be part of the task of reading the Bible well is reading yourself well. Yeah. Is not only knowing the word, but knowing yourself and knowing the baggage that you bring to the word. So you yeah. can allow yourself to be transformed right. and allow yourself yeah. to be challenged. You don't want to make yourself immune. I yeah. think so. I just think that's, that's right. always something yeah. to be aware of. I think in our day and age, that's probably just even more increased as like society becomes more and more inflamed and entrenched in different ways of thinking yeah. to be aware yeah. of whatever baggage we bring to the text. Yeah, that's good. Anything else you guys uh, would say? No, I, I forgot there was notes here. So like now that I'm now that I'm <laughs> <laughs> anything you'd want to say from your notes. Uh, well, I, I, I like that line, uh, bringing our whole selves and placing us under God's shepherding hands. But specifically then. Uh, recognizing like there are probably ways that I need to be instructed better. There are ways that my my um, things that I long for are off or my hopes and my dreams. It's just bringing my whole self and saying everything about me, Lord, I want to bring yeah. under your word. My mind, my That's hands, right. my heart, yeah. my emotions, you name yeah. it, my relationships. Yeah. Yeah. That was it, though. Cool. Anything you'd want to say, Nick? Uh, no. All right. So the next next episode which we'll probably get to at some future point yeah. is remind me of that one the first yeah, first their world, world first. their world first yeah. cool so we'll get into that next time um until then yeah.